one action. Why are you Americans? That's where I was born. Oh, well, that's not true. Okay. <laughs> uh, are you going to do your sound? No, 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 no. Okay, we're cancelling the sounds. No more sounds. No more sounds. No more sounds because you've, the last three you've done have sounded basically the, the same. same. Okay, okay, we'll do a new one. We'll do a new one. Can I do the same sound but just in reverse? Could I, could I do... Yeah, um, that's different. That that's one. different enough. Okay. Uh, hello and welcome to the Brain Fart Podcast. I am Sean. You are Matt. You're someone. I'm someone. You, you definitely exist. Someone less important. Um, so, uh, welcome back. Last uh, episode was Joker. We had uh, a week break when we shouldn't have done. That's my fault. Apologies. Um, you know, sometimes life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you could miss it. Life lessons with Matt. Ferris Bueller. Ah, uh, oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, life quotes with Matt. Uh, so last episode was uh, Joker, uh, Jared Leto, and the DCEU. That was the first episode with uh, all three of us, uh, me, Woo! you, and Mike. Milestone. Uh, that was quite fun. Uh, we'll be joined by Mike again next week. Uh, so so be excited for that stay tuned folks uh, this week we're going to be doing a bit more psychology so we're going to be looking at uh, three psychological concepts with experiments to demonstrate them uh, so i put on the instagram story earlier that there's going to be a later upload time uh today uh than there usually is because we're comes. recording the episode on the day that we're uploading it which we don't usually do and that is because we were going to record yesterday but uh, something a bit stupid happened. <laughs> uh, so I'll try to I'll try to explain it the best I can. You obviously know the story already, yep. but for the yep. for the benefit of people listening, for the viewers, exactly. the viewers at home, exactly. Now, now you're Irish. a mix of American and Irish. American Irish. Um, so I took the dog for a walk. Um, we were we were, the plan was for me to get back and then as record basically as soon as I got back. So I took the dog out and I got back, walked into the house, uh, went to close the door behind me. Realised I'd closed it too hard. So to stop me slamming the door, I went to catch it behind my back and trapped my fourth finger in the door. Slammed it. Nearly severed my finger. Slammed uh, well, it in that door. Fingertip. Um, just and then, the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then to make it worse, I then went to uh, to sort of go and cower on the sofa in pain, uh, tripped over the dog and put my foot through the living room door. It was excellent. Uh, so so that's why I decided, okay, something's telling me not to report today. <laughs> I'm going to just leave it for a bit and deal with it another time. A sign from the heavens above. Uh, but like I say, we're going to be talking about some psychological concepts. Uh, but first, a little bit of news. There are two, not specifically with us, but there's there's some, some interesting things to talk about. Um, so just this in passing, because we spoke about it on uh, a past episode. Uh, Elon Musk, he successfully defended himself in court over him accusing uh, a, a British cave diver of being a paedophile. Uh, I mean, it was clear to everyone that he was just being a little bitch about it. But uh, regardless, he had to defend himself and he did so successfully. He was being a bitch about it. Uh, we were approached on Reddit by oh, okay. someone. Uh, you obviously know more about this because you, yeah. you you spoke to the person. Still haven't got back in touch with the guy. Um, um, so it's called Pod Discover. Yeah. Place where, place where you can discover brand new podcasts, yes. uh, including ours, which wouldn't be a new podcast to you, but probably to many people, a new podcast. It's just a way to sort of get 
get your podcast out there because I feel like it's quite hard to to breach that first stage. I mean, we were quite lucky. Strangely enough, we the first episode we ever uploaded got a lot of attention for some reason. Those Russian YouTube um, bots. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's why we had like 400 views taken off the first episode yep. on YouTube. So Yo. thank you, YouTube. <laughs> um yeah, so uh, t- check out check out Pod Discover. Give us a give us an up thumb if you if you make an account there. For those uh, of you who like discovering new content, new podcasts, great way to find new new stuff out. Yeah, stuff yeah. that's sort of fresh and new, and maybe maybe um, taking things in a different direction compared to the big popular uh, head honchos, the big boys. Um, the other sort of news. Uh, <clears throat> Again, not for us, but it's it's just quite interesting. Is locals uh, Dave Rubin uh, has co-founded uh, a sort of funding and community platform called Locals, uh, and the idea is to give uh, creators a chance to form their own community, rules, interact with their fans, as well as uh, give them the ability to accept donations and subscriptions from people who want to support the content. Um, and it sort of hopes to combat the issues of uh, the YouTube algorithm not showing content fairly yeah. and demonetization and stuff like that. Yeah, I think uh, from what I've seen of it, it seems to be it, it's almost like a a hybrid between social media and a content media outlet, creation. exactly. Yeah. And I think that it's been the 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 whole media system well new media i guess with youtube and podcasting and stuff like that it's been crying out for something like this for quite a while because a lot of a lot of content creators have been creating their own sites or using patreon yeah obviously with patreon banning people recently Mm. uh, for all sorts of things it's needed it's needed yeah i think because obviously youtube has basically dominated this the 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 online media industry basically since the sort of uh beginning of the internet really and and with no one trying to, uh, certainly not successfully, uh, go against that, I think certainly a new uh, mainstream platform of creating content is required. And um, I think Mr. Rubin's probably one of the one of the best people for the job, mm. Mr. Dave. So the uh, the uh, just a little list of features. Oh, okay. Uh, you can host content, so videos, photos, podcasts, etc. You can notify your audience, so that sort of saves the nuisance that is on YouTube of you can subscribe, but then you also have to enable notifications. So what's the point in subscribing? Uh, You can set your own community's guidelines and rules, so I don't know, language or no posting links, no hashtags, stuff like that, I'd assume. And monetization through subscription. So you can subscribe, um, you can give a monthly, pay a monthly subscription to support the content creator. I don't know if there's a system to donate one time like donations. one one time donations yeah. yeah um so we'll we'll see how it goes it's, it seems like they're as much as they have set up the website it seems like they are still in the early stages of organizing it i know that a lot of people who start their own websites they'll have it will be set up as a monthly donation page mm-hmm. um but you can set the frequency of your donations so you can set to not recur. Okay. Um, so I don't know whether it will be like that. Obviously, I've not I think that's the most page. likely, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've signed up for it, but don't worry. We're not going to monetize any of our content. Uh, it's not something we'll be looking into in the foreseeable future. Uh, maybe when we have a degree of a following, um, if, if the people that are following us seem interested in that and want to support us, but it's certainly not something we're, we're going to look into anytime soon. I'm going to sell my bathwater. 
like Bella Isn't Delphine. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. What these um, Instagram, like tw- Twitch, Instagram yeah. people. Oh yeah, she's Twitch. She's oh, yeah. a Twitch girl. Um, she's a gamer girl. Wow, nice, <laughs> nice accent. Uh, but it's nice to see that the years of people getting fucked over by YouTube may be coming towards an end. Potentially, potentially. Uh, I think there's probably more stuff in the works as well. So yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, that kind of sounds like I've got insider information. Well, there's been there's been subtle talk of of people mm. wanting to do this for like five years yeah. or so now, yeah. so and, and nothing big's really come of it. This is the first thing that's really been pushed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so we'll see how it goes. In, in the coming months and, and certainly the, the next year, we'll uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll we'll find out how that goes. I think Dave got his head screwed on right. So yeah, yeah. I think like like you said, I think he's one of the people that you'd expect to make this successful. Yeah, yeah. So on to the psychological concepts. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've yeah. obviously spoken about I think all three of these at some point in some form of detail. Maybe vaguely. I think yeah. there's one that I'm not too sure on. Okay. So the first one, uh, the first study was... was. Have we have we talked about what we're going to be talking about already? Or did you? I don't think yes. We, well, I sort of mentioned that we're going to be talking about three different psychological yeah, okay. perspectives but not or, in any, or concepts yeah. almost. Not specifically. Yeah. That was mine. Yeah, so, yeah. so the first one, uh, a psychologist called Stanley Milgram ah. uh, conducted this shocking experiment oh my God. in 1963. So the aim of the experiment was to uh, sort of investigate the conflict between uh, authoritative obedience and someone's personal morals. Uh, so, so a little bit of background around um, Milgram himself and, and why he did it. So, his his immediate and extended family were greatly Im- impacted by the Holocaust. Um, he's from Jewish heritage. Uh, he was interested in the defence given during the Nuremberg trials of "I was only following orders." Because uh, when you think about that, that's well, you just—it's the most shit shit excuse you could have come up with. Um, when you yeah. when you look at it from from the sort of off, I think I think from the outside for sure. If yeah. you if you weren't in that position and you hear someone saying that, <clears throat> for sure, it seems like a cop out, like an excuse for your own evil, yeah. almost rather than yeah. any any reasonable reason why you would do something. like and that. And even quite a laid back and calm attitude towards the whole situation to say something like that. I was yeah. only following orders. Yeah. To, to fair enough, you may have only been following orders, but that sort of sacks off the responsibility that even then you should accept. Yeah, it diminishes the gravity of... Of what had happened. You attempting genocide. Murdering six million people. Yeah. Um, so he wanted to see if this claim was a fabricated excuse, uh, if it was a characteristic associated particularly with the German people, or whether it's a characteristic prominent in human nature itself. So he found uh, 50 men, uh, American men, aged 20 to 50, whose jobs ranged from unskilled to professional. So presumably like labourers to lawyers, just a- average people. Um, like the alliteration there, from labourers to lawyers. Yeah, unintentional, but I'll take it. Stanley Milgram, from labourers to lawyers. Milgram, labourers to lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so his method, uh, he'd split uh, all the subjects into two people. Um, one would be the teacher and one would be the... Uh, learner but they would always fabricate it so that uh, one of those two people was a plant yeah, was an yeah, actor yeah um so they'd always make sure that the actor was the learner and the actual subject was the teacher um so he'd sort of hook uh the um actor up to electrodes in front of the real subject 
and then take the subject into another room um, where promptly the actor would be unhooked from the uh, from the electric device. And it essentially had a, a range of, of voltage that went up to a lethal 450 volts. And um, the whole idea was that the teacher would ask the... Um, would read out sort of word combinations and ask that to be recited by the learner. Every wrong answer, they'd be shocked and then the voltage would be upped uh, incrementally. Um, so so they'd, they'd go along, they'd get uh, purposefully wrong answers, they'd work their way up. Um, and if the, around sort of 300 volts, I believe, um, you'd obviously have screaming mm. coming through the intercom and stuff like that and, and begging to stop the experiment. And whenever the subject would turn around and go, they're actually hurting, I don't want to do this anymore, uh, the uh, the researcher would say, uh, please continue. And then if they still ob- objected, they'd say, the experiment requires that you continue. Mm-hmm. And then if they still, it is essential that you continue. And if they still, you have no other choice but to continue, which I find quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Up in that pressure. I think, to- I think you can actually, um, I think there's some video recordings of this i think you can actually mm-hmm. find video so mm-hmm. if you're interested you can actually go and see the example and how how pushy the lead scientist is actually stressed out the subjects get yeah um yeah uh darren brown also did uh, uh, recreated this experiment right, for okay. one of his shows which you can find on youtube okay um so if anyone wants to find a more modern modernized version then, then go for that. But it is Devon and Aaron Brown, so take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, you can't, you can't often trust uh, little Darren. Who's, who's, uh, little <laughs> he's really small. Smaller um, than me? I think he's probably about on par. Nice. Um, so the results, 65% went all the way to the fatal 450 volts. And I, I think it's important to mention as well that around 350, the actor stops making any sense. Mm-hmm. So as far as the subject is concerned they've killed someone and they still kept shocking essentially a dead body um all participants can continued to at least 300 volts Mm. that's why i think that's around the time they started uh, objecting the actor started objecting right so i think some people would have gone okay nope i'm done not doing it um like i say it's interesting because um in the holocaust germans could also argue or have argued that they had the potential fear of being executed themselves if they didn't comply, which is an aspect that is absent in this experiment, and yet people still complied anyway. There was no fear of danger to the subject, but they still continued. Um, and I think I think another thing that's interesting about that is that's a direct parallel there. Then you know you're not you're not having these German soldiers, at least to my knowledge, I might be incorrect here, but you're not having them say. I was worried that if I didn't do it, I would be killed. Mm. Yeah, having them say I was doing my job. Yeah, I'm that's doing all. what I was told. Yeah, there's there's not even necessarily <clears throat> really a, an afterthought of consequences or any of that. It's just blind following. Which, like you say, I think the methodology of the experiment works really well with that because I think really you do demonstrate that all you need is someone who's an authority figure to basically be telling you what to do. Yeah repeatedly tell you what to do somewhat forcefully tell you what to do and even in that context you know they're not even working for the they're they're not even working for the scientists yeah it's part of a study and they still actually conform and and do what they're told yeah so and then i think there was one other thing where if um 
the subjects would object. Uh, the the researcher would say, I have all responsibility for whatever happens. Yeah. So it's yeah. that that okay. Well, if I'm not responsible for it, even if I am the one that pulls that lever. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to know whether if if the experiment was real and they did kill someone after the researcher had said, I'll take responsibility. Whether the subject would feel more or less guilt in themselves. Yeah, that's a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. And you can't really do research on it because no. you'd have to kill someone. Yeah. Or or you'd have to at least set up a more elaborate ruse than... Yes. Than... And a, long, a, a longer uh, spanning ruse as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that, that'd be really interesting. I think... You know, I mean, you'd still... People still get guilt from... Um, Let's say you're in a you're in a car accident that absolutely wasn't survivor's your fault. Guilt, no, not even just survivor's guilt. Just if you're in a car accident that absolutely wasn't your fault, but your vehicle killed someone, yeah. people would still feel guilty about that. So yeah, that that the, connection where something belonging to you yeah, yeah. has caused whether it had anything to do with you or exactly, not. yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's a that's a really interesting question. I've never thought about that before. Mm. I think that's the that's the good thing about all these sort of the, all the experiments that were done in this sort of period of time, these sort of big, uh, groundbreaking, not really ethical studies, yeah, which is why. so much to talk about. Yeah. And they have huge implications on human nature. And um, I think they'll always be relevant yeah. to, to the way we behave. I think, I think you bring up a really poignant point about the ethics surrounding the studies. Mm. Um, I think, you know, if, if you combined <clears throat> some of the sort of, I'm going to sound somewhat unscientific here. I think I could be dragged through the course for this. <laughs> if you combine the la- some of the la- uh, some aspects of the lack of ethics from that time with our scientific design and methodological design now, I think you could really make leaps and bounds in science. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you ethics can't because of these things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, the 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 <laughs> third and final yeah. uh, one we'll we'll look at in a little bit is is the uh i I actually i think uh, zimbardo the the researcher of the last last one we'll be talking about uh sort of stated that milgram himself had a conversation with zimbardo after zimbardo conducted his his experiment and said i'm so glad you've done this because now i'm not the least ethical uh psych uh research psychologist in history um so so that was the that was the milgram shocking study i'm going to make the joke again the the pun (sighs) very punny uh, so so now there's the Ash Line study. This was in 1951. Uh, this, is the, this is the one I'm not so sure on. Um, so this is about conformity mm. and our, oh, okay. the it's... effects of group pressure to yeah. conform to to yeah, okay. uh, the the not necessarily ideology but, yeah. but the behaviour of the group. This is the one where we both know different versions of the same. Well there's there's three there's three different or four different versions of right. a similar experiment that I'm aware of. Right. Um because it's, it's one that can be replicated in different situations and stuff like that. Um, so the aim was, like I say, to, to investigate the effects of group pressure um, on people's tendency to conform. Uh, so the method was uh, 123 college males who were split into groups of seven to nine. Um, and they had to match the length of a line with one of three options. Only one of them matched. The other, one of them was too long and one of them was too short. Um, so all but one of the subjects in the experiment were in on it. They were actors. Um, so they were asked to eventually begin getting answers wrong. 
Uh, and the results found that if one fake wrong answer was given, then the subject, uh, uh, then the rate of conformity was 1%. Um, so it increased, so, well, it didn't really increase because it was about 1% fail rate yeah. even before. Yeah. Who are the people that were getting it wrong? Because I've seen it and it's quite obvious which one is correct. <laughs> Um, um, I don't know. Some people just aren't idiots. good at judging yeah. judging sizes. Uh, if there were two fake wrong answers, then it jumps up to thirteen percent conformity. Mm-hmm. And if there were three fake wrong answers, then it jumps right up to thirty seven percent. So it doesn't take much for us, our brains, to go fuck. Am I right? Um, well, thirty percent would be what you'd expect if it was a random choice. If 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 you were just randomly ch- choosing the... Let's say you've got a line and you couldn't even randomly see Randomly... Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's, it's one out of three, mm-hmm. right? So you... If you could only see the options and not the yeah, one you would yeah, yeah. to. Right. So that's, that's them choosing the wrong one that they've been influenced to choose as much as they would have chosen them randomly. Yeah. Um, so uh, by the end of the, the trials... 32% of participants uh, conformed um, in the majority of the critical trials. Uh, 75% of participants conformed at least once. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25% never conformed at all, which I think is quite high. I think that's quite high, but I don't know whether that's a, ref- a reflection on my tendency to conform. Because I think were I in that situation, I would probably, maybe not the line situation, but in more typical social situations I'm quite likely to conform to other people's behaviour it's one in four one in fours I think that's quite high I think that's a quarter of people didn't conform at all not once all it takes though is someone you with clock a clock on I suppose to what's going on there's, well. there's, there's lots of things I think you know you can you can be very sure of yourself. You can be very distrusting of other people. You can be very arrogant. There mm. are lots of reasons why you would not conform. Yeah. Um, I don't think you would because <laughs> you're very sure of yourself. Certainly if you look at something and go, well, I know what I'm looking at. In a scientific context, context yeah. yeah. It, I think, so my question would be, obviously I've not read this study or seen any of it. My question would be, <clears throat> are there different modes of administering the question so what i mean by that is you know in some questions was the example line on the left hand side on some questions it was always the same okay that see that would have been i think that would muddy the water yeah there would be too many confounding factors it would actually make the study invalid yeah but i think that would be an easy way to make the success rate in inverted commas higher Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, because it would confuse things more yeah so uh, uh, the results sort of found that people conformed for one of two reasons. Okay. So there was either a distorted judgment. So there's seven of them and one of me. I can't be right against seven people. That's mm-hmm. so unlikely. Um, and then the other version is social pressure, knowing that the others are wrong, but not wanting to go against them. Interesting. So I think I would be the distorted judgment. Right, yeah. I think I'd go, well, surely I can't th- they, be, yeah. all of them can't be right. Yeah. Oh, can't be wrong, wrong. sorry. Um, and then if a dissenter was introduced, you know what a dissenter is? Yeah. So someone some, that goes against. Yeah. So someone that got it right against the people that were getting it wrong on yeah. purpose um, was introduced, um, then a significant reduction in conformity was observed, yeah. as you'd expect. Yeah. Um, so as we said at the start, further experiments have been done based on the same concept. So there was one in an elevator 
that involved people changing the direction they were facing and yeah. people would always copy the direction everyone else was facing. Um, there was a waiting room one where people would be sat in a waiting room and a buzzer would go off and everyone would stand up and the subject would yeah. always stand up. And then they'd eventually remove all the actors so it was just the subject and then add a new subject in yeah. and the subject was then teaching yeah. Yeah. this new subject yeah. how to do something when they didn't understand why they were doing it. They've actually, they've done similar experiments to that in monkeys. Oh, really? Uh, with primates, yeah. So it's not exactly the same, but in terms of conformity, yeah. you can teach monkeys to do something, primates to do something without them knowing why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So something like, I think the study was they were hanging a banana from the ceiling of the enclosure that they were in and any time a monkey tried to get the banana I, I'm, I'm probably butchering this study a bit any time a monkey tried to get the banana they would either all get foot shocks or they would all be punished or something like that so what would happen oh, they, oh the dragon the they monkeys would start down. attacking the monkeys that was trying to get go a banana for yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so then if you then slowly change the monkeys but the monkeys leave would the still tree be there that they were still at- yeah even if you take the banana out and then there's monkeys climbing that tree the new monkeys that didn't know they would join in yeah. and then you can slowly start replacing all the all the primates so they're just there. attacking it because For everyone no else was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 um another thing i want to i want to mention um it's not exactly the same again but something quite similar uh something that i used to do at school hmm. So, for context, uh, where where I went to school, there's two um, there's two sets of shops um, up the road and down the road, either end of the school. Yeah. Um, so one's quite a lot further away than the other one. One's probably twice D- or three times. I think double. Yeah. Um, so, interesting thing that I always used to say at school is, if you just do whatever it is that you want to do, people will follow you. Yeah. So what I used to do a lot of the time is people would say, oh, I want to go to the shops up the road. And I would go like, oh, well, I want this from the shops down the road. And I would be like, and they'd be like, oh, no, just come up the road. And I'd be like, no, I'm going to go down the road, but I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. And I'd just walk off. Mm-hmm. And then people, 90% of the time, people would follow you. Yeah. To, count, to counter that, though, yeah. I, I remember doing a similar thing where I just decided, well, I'm going here, see you later. And I went on my own because everyone, everyone... Obviously, that if it conflicts with other people's intentions, yeah, right, yes, um, yeah. as a, as a whole, yeah. if everyone wants to go down to shop A yeah. and I want to go to shop B, yeah. me just stating I'm going to shop B, yeah. regardless, isn't going to affect yeah. there. Whereas if they are just tagging along, yeah. then they will follow. Follow presumably. you exactly. Yeah. Um, the last uh, similar study to Asher's line study. I'm not being very subtle with the burps this week. <laughs> Usually, I at least try and lean away from the mic. Um, so this is the one that you are quite interested in with the fire. Oh, is it? Yeah. So okay. people sitting in a room doing a survey, um, and smoke starts coming under under this door. Again, all but one are actors, and you see the subject sort of looking around to wait for someone else to react. And because everyone's just sort of sitting there getting on with their thing, they just sort of sit there. They don't. They're not even doing the paper. They're not like reacting to it directly they're just sort of observing what's happening mm-hmm. um and and nine, i think something like 90 percent of people just sat there i've got 90 percent in my um yeah. and and did nothing yeah which is dangerous which yeah. is really really yeah. dangerous i mean you you see it all the time in when um obviously while i was living in in nottingham at university 
there were so many times where, you know, fire alarm will go off and everyone gets confused. They don't get, you know, worried that there might actually be a well, fire. Well, they're just waiting for someone to take responsibility and tell exactly. them what to, to do. do. Yeah. Maybe uh, uh, sort of carried over behavior from school yeah. where you just wait for the teachers to tell you exactly where to go and when to go. Yeah. Um, one, one sort of quite uh, relevant um, implication of, of this uh, fire study, I think, is uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg, the politician, Okay. was recently talking about uh, Grenfell. And he was saying, getting out of the building is just common sense. Right, he was yeah. basically berating the people that had died yeah. for not getting out of the building. Um, uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm pushing it a bit... F- I, I, I've only read it. I didn't hear him talk about it. So when you think about the psychology, yeah. if there's no one with the responsibility to tell them to leave, people aren't going to do it. Okay, so here's what actually happened at Grenfell. I believe it was the fire service, but it may be... Didn't they tell them they that told it's fine? them to stay in the building. Yeah. They told them it would be safer for so them to So that's even worse than that's an authority figure telling them to do the wrong thing. Exactly. Well, again, I think it's hard to... In this country, I think it's hard to really get a good idea of what politicians meant because as soon as politicians say something, the media come out and say, this is what they meant. So, you know, is Jacob Rees-Mogg berating the people that died or is he berating the fire service? Uh, well, I think, saying... I think actively in his mind, based on based on the logic of what he said, it's the fire service. But based on what he meant, he's berating the people. So, yeah, so I, I, I would say the other way around. I would say based on the actual, actually what he said, the words that he said, he's berating the people inside the building. But by the same token, he could have meant the fire service because he says, if it was me, I would have just left the building. That's that's what the point that he's getting at is. Yeah. Um, so he's the, the, the subject of what he's saying is to address But I think his people. opinion, what he was doing yeah. consciously was berating the people. Yeah. Um, like I say, I, I find it difficult to really say stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so we've we've looked at uh, what was the first one obedience. Yeah. Uh, we've looked at conformity. Yeah. Now we're going to have a little look at power. Interesting. The effect that that power has on people. So this is probably uh, I don't know whether this would be more famous than Milgram's experiment. Uh, I knew Milgram's experiment more than this, but I'd heard of this. I knew Milgram first. Mm. But I think there's more scope for things like documentaries with Zimbardo because it's so such a big deal. It's in so involved, ethics, and it was so. a long-term study. It yeah. wasn't just like one thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that you can talk about. Yeah. So I think there's I think there's probably more documentaries <laughs> on Zimbardo's study, but um, but they're they're both quite famous. Yeah. So this was uh, called the Stanford uh, Prison Experiment, and this was in 1971. So uh, the lower level of Stanford uh, University was converted into a simulated prison. Uh, This was the psychology department, I believe. Um, Participants were randomly sorted into prisoners and guards. There were 10 prisoners and 11 guards. Uh, Prisoners were treated like criminals, arrested at their homes without warning, fingerprinted, photographed at the police station before being taken to this simulated prison. Uh, Prisoners were stripped, their possessions were taken, and they were uh, and sealed away, uh, and they were given just a prison uniform and bedding. That's it. Uh, there was a number on their prison uniform, and they were only referred to 
as their number. number. Not only by the guards, they were only allowed to refer to each other by mm-hmm. their number. So to dehumanize and anonymize them. Um, uh, guards were given uh, identical uniforms, uh, whistles and clubs. Uh, and they were also given polarized sunglasses to make eye contact between guard and prison impossible. And also to put a mask on the guards to, again, anonymize them, yeah. make them feel like they can do whatever, whatever they, they want. want. Yeah. Um, the guards were just simply told to do whatever was necessary to keep order, aside from physical violence. They were all, they were all students, weren't they? Yes, all they were all them. students. Yeah. Um, uh, so it didn't actually take that long for all participants to settle into their roles. There was a, there was a little bit at the start where um like the the guards would give orders and the prisoners would just sort of laugh at them uh just from the awkwardness of being told what to do by someone who you know has no authority um so it didn't take long after that for prisoners to start being given pointless and petty tasks to complete uh they were often punished with push-ups sometimes with a guard's foot pressing down on their backs uh, there was one specific guard who took it upon himself to just be the worst guard ever. He was just seeing it as like a role play, yeah. Um, as I'm sure most of them were at the start, yeah. So he was just sort of like, "Well, nobody's telling me I can't be mm-hmm. an asshole, so mm-hmm. I'm going to just be an asshole and have fun with it. I'm not going to get this opportunity again, so yeah. I'm going to do what I have seen in the films, I guess, with with prison guards." Um, eventually, a rebellion took place mm-hmm. where the prisoners barricaded themselves with their beds before they were stopped through the use of a fire extinguisher. So the guards used a fire extinguisher to sort of spray them with cold air and and scare them, basically. Uh, Less than 36 hours into the experiment, uh, one prisoner began suffering from acute emotional disturbance. So disorganised thinking, uncontrollable crying and rage. I've heard the audio and it's... it's Considering... uh, that the the circumstance... They all knew it was fake. Mm. It's bizarre to see someone reacting so so uh they are having a breakdown well, they I are think, absolutely having a breakdown I think the guards were being quite inhumane by the end yes uh, and the end wasn't even I think the, the whole thing lasted six days yeah before they had to call it it wasn't off. long um so guards eventually allowed a visitation from friends and family uh, but realised that the state of the prison may make the family take their children home. So they made the uh, prisoners clean everything up, scrub toilets with their bare hands. When they were being moved from part to part of the prison, they were given uh, paper bags to put over their heads, stuff like that. Uh, one of the parents saw that uh, and had a conversation with Zimbardo saying, "What? I can't believe what you're doing yeah. to these people. Yeah. And he was being like, what do you mean? It's really fascinating. It's, we're doing the forefront of human behavior. It's yeah. fascinating. Da, 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 da. So he was getting uh, wrapped up in his role. Yeah. So his role was the prison superintendent. Yeah. So he had played a role and he was getting enveloped in his role as well as the pr- uh, prisoners and the guards. Um, so eventually towards the end of the experiment, uh, the guards began forcing the prisoners to target one specific prisoner, chanting out, Prisoner 819 is a bad prisoner. Because of Prisoner 819, my uh, cell is a mess. Da, 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 and they just did it on repeat. Mm-hmm. And um, he began crying uncontrollably until Zimbardo decided, once the parent had spoken to him and stuff, um, that the experiment should end after only six days due to the extreme emotional stress on yeah. the prisoners. Yeah. Uh, an absolutely mind-blowing uh, study, that is. Uh, completely unethical. Um uh, but to be fair to them, I don't think you could have predicted that people got so deep into the roles that they were playing. Have you read any of the criticisms of the study? 
No. So, when you hear it talked about, mm. it seems really interesting. And it seems, like you say, it seems unethical, but it seems like a really usable and relevant model and piece of information for dealing with group organized punishment. When you read some of the criticisms of the study, some people believe, and I don't know whether this is evidenced anywhere, that the researchers were actually influencing the guards. So I, I, I know bits about, I didn't know all of the stuff that you've just said. So say, for example, putting paper bags over the prisoners' mm -hmm. heads. Do we really think that people who have no experience with being a prison guard and dehumanizing people is going to think of that on their own? So it's interesting you mentioned that. So I actually watched a documentary on it to freshen up. I think it was either yesterday or the day before or uh -huh. something like that. I think it was two days ago. And um, uh, the documentary was made, I don't know, in the last, last sort of 10, 10 15 years. Um, so, so the people who were the guards are obviously adults like 40 50 year old men now yeah yeah um, yeah so and, and the main guard who was being an asshole was was narrating parts of it and speaking about why he did what he did and he said i decided to be the asshole basically that's what that's the point he was making and the way he said it made me think at the time actually i went no you didn't you mm -hmm. didn't decide that mm -hmm. you're you're covering even after all these years for zimbardo he was like you. I, I do agree with you. I think they were basically told to be arseholes. Mm -hmm. I don't think they were necessarily given specific instructions, but I do think they were told to be horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they were probably uh, told to do stuff minor, like the the legs or, or just the press ups, and maybe they built on it with the legs on the press ups yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think I do agree with you. I think I think they were probably encouraged to be worse than they would have been by Zimbardo yeah. to make the experiment more interesting. Especially with him including himself in the study. Like you As said. the superintendent. Yeah, so obviously he's all their bosses. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's not even like he's just running the study. Like you would never do a study like that nowadays. You can't involve the, exp the researcher with the study because obviously that introduces way too many confounding factors. Yeah. Even just, even now you have a lot of studies are, would be, double blind placebo controlled which means that even the researchers don't even know. just for a pill mm. even the researchers don't, don't know, know which, which pill is which so they can only comment on the results and go okay exactly. now we can work it out based on the results exactly exactly you'd you'd put two pills into a box label one one and one two make a note of what those are yeah. which one's one and which one's two scramble them a bit or have a different researcher come in and administer them because then the patient isn't getting any subconscious cues from the researcher when they're being given and the researcher then can't interpret the data in a certain way to make one drug or whatever it is appear better than the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you would never, you would never even do something like that with something as innocuous as a pill where, you know, the, the, the intervention from the researcher from the fact that the researcher knows what's going on would be so subtle and small. Mm -hmm. But then including yourself in a behavioural study is... Yeah, that's an odd decision, actually. That is a very odd decision. Well, what a lot of people, a lot of people will say about these researchers at the time is that 
really they they weren't interested in the science and they were just um, sort of they wanted controversy i think to yeah. make their name yeah. as research psychologists yeah Con- controversy in... i think certainly after milgram yeah i think milgram had genuine scientific interest and once that gained so much traction due to its uh, slightly unethical nature yeah Presumably that inspired Zimbardo to go, mm, what if I do this really, really horrible thing and then people will have a go at me for it, but I'll be famous. Mm-hmm. And he is famous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very famous, actually. Mm-hmm. I think he lives very well as well. Yeah. yeah. He must be old now, though. Quite old. Quite he old. He, yeah. he looks it. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the three studies, uh, obedience, conformity, and power. Uh, a bit of a shorter episode t- uh, this week, but sometimes that's nice. Yeah, especially when you've lost your fingertip. Yeah, especially when you've had your finger cut off by a door, (laughs) of all things. Uh, So next week, uh, we'll be joined yet again by Big Michael. Big Uh, Michael. Mm. And we will be talking about music taste and music experiences. Uh, It'll be the first time we've talked about music, uh, which is really the last uh, big interest that we have uh, that we've not talked about. We obviously touched on it briefly in the in the first episode we did the Meta Podcast, but uh, uh, yeah. there's this is really the only other um, topic that we've not dived into. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting talking about previous musicality, indeed, mm-hmm. and playing shows and, and gigs stuff that and we've been to and and listening to music. I, I do think it'll be more me talking to you and Mike about your guys' experience because obviously uh, you two have both experienced more. We want to show though. Me, you and I. Yeah. We did indeed. We want to, we want to we show. Indeed, but we'll, we'll talk about that more next Monday. Uh, so if you want to find out about the show that we want then I'm afraid what you're going to have to do is tune in next time to find, find out. out. Get wrecked.